needed sleep. The elf had been on just as long as Marnie, and if he could keep going, so could she. Or, rather, so could her alter ego, the sorceress Llewellyn. It was not for nothing that Llewellyn had the highest player rating in all of Paleopolis. Marnie grinned and attacked the keyboard. Dream on, you drooling nitwit, she typed to the elf. She had more than two hours before she had to be in class, anyway. The chemistry test was straight from the book, the kind that anyone who had read over her notes could have passed easily. Marnie amused herself by drawing nooses and happy faces wherever she didn't have a clue. It only took a couple of minutes. Inspired, she then added two tiny mice in chains next to the final question regarding the nature of covalent bonds and had difficulty suppressing a fit of exhausted giggles. A chuckle escaped anyway. Marnie didn't need to look up to see the teacher's sharp glance. She could feel it. Something funny, Miss Sky Daughter. At Marnie's shoulder, Miss Slate carefully enunciated each absurd syllable of Marnie's last name. Marnie could feel the sudden alert attention of the entire class. Miss Slate reached down and plucked up Marnie's test to scan. You're not Picasso, said Miss Slate finally. Not even a glimmer of amusement could be found on her face. I assume you're done. My artistic vision is exhausted, said Marnie blithely. Take it away. Then she realized her left hand was embedded in her hair, twisting nervously. She pulled the hand down. She was not going to let Miss Slate, of all people, rattle her. She watched as the teacher took her red pen and marked a big F at the top of her test. "'Back to work, people,' said Miss Slate. She was holding her thin shoulders tensely. "'Miss Skydaughter's little display is over.' The class sank again into the test, and Marnie watched Miss Slate return to her own desk. The chemistry teacher was thirty-ish, a term substitute who had taken over the class at the beginning of the semester when the regular teacher went on maternity leave. Marnie had heard this was her first actual teaching job. That might explain her defensive jitteriness in the classroom and possibly also the pathetic, pieced-together wardrobe. Today, for example, she was wearing scuffed black pumps, a dull brown skirt, and a lime-green bow blouse. Discomfort with teaching might also explain the controlled, but very present, edge to Ms. Slate's voice whenever she spoke to Marnie, not to mention the way Ms. Slate always pronounced Marnie's last name, so carefully, so distinctly. Okay, it was a ridiculous name, embarrassing even if by some miracle you had never heard of Marnie's mother. Sky had been inspired by Icelandic naming conventions, and Marnie could only be relieved she hadn't taken things further. Cirrus Sky Daughter, Thunder Sky Daughter, Asteroid Sky Daughter. Oh, Marnie had a long mental list of first names she might have had if Sky, who had been cheerfully capable of anything, hadn't exercised rare restraint. Sky. Even on all the legal contracts that defined her small empire of recordings, books, and financial dealings, Marnie's mother had been simply Sky. She had cut her birth name from her life so completely that none of the media types had ever been able to discover who she really was or where she'd come from. 
Marnie often wondered about these same questions, even though she knew that Skye would have said grandly that it didn't matter. The self you invent, Skye had written, the self you live by, that is the self who is important. You are who you choose, consciously or unconsciously, to be. It is better to be conscious. It is better to take control. That was from her first bestseller, Inventing Your Soul. In fact, to Marnie's knowledge, Skye had never talked, either to Marnie or publicly, about her life before she got her first recording contract at 21. Marnie knew absolutely nothing about Skye's parents or her childhood. She didn't know if Skye had had brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts, grandparents. For all Marnie knew, Skye had magically appeared in the world at 21, fully grown, singing solo in a church choir in... Actually... Marnie didn't even know it.